Father, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are raising up a mighty army that is going to touch Chicagoland that's touching this region. Lord, we thank you that we hear the sound of this, the dry bones gathering. And Lord, we thank you that there's a great and mighty army that's coming up out of the ruins. And Lord, we believe that you're bringing the body parts together and that your breath is coming in, Church on the Rock. And we believe today, Lord, that we're going to impact our communities. If you believe that, in Jesus' name, say amen. That's been the foundation for our series that we've been in for six weeks. We'll be starting six weeks. But uh, back a while back, the Lord said, Ezekiel 37, and he said, I hear the sound of the dry bones gathering. You know, it's been a challenging 18 to 20, 24 weeks, and, and, and I believe a lot of people, it was the enemy's plan to isolate and to get people uh, off on their own. And a lot of people seem to suffer and maybe go down a little bit in their enthusiasm for their Lord and their, and their heart for the Lord. But man, there is a drawing, and seven weeks ago, we wanted to get a people with the dry bones gathering, a people that were solid, that we are saved, that we are set free that we are healed physically and emotionally, amen? That was like the personal part of this series. But now we're going to move into the body ministry. Look around you today. Look around you today and you say, this is the body of Christ at Church on the Rock. I believe that God has a specific mission for this church, for this people. And you know what? It's not going to happen until every part comes together and does its part. In fact, Ephesians says that each joint supplies in the body. So if you look around at everybody, I want you to say, am I supplying my part in this body? Am I a liver? Am I a heart? Am I an arm? Am I sinew? Am I a muscle? But there's an army that God's raising up and for us to have his breath breathe in us, it takes everybody involved. It takes mobilizing, equipping everybody, bringing everybody together in mobilization, and then God's breath is sending us out to our region. I believe that that's a prophetic word to this church. So today, in the next three weeks, we're going to talk about <clears throat> discovering your ministry life. Discovering your ministry life. Because we believe that one of the most important things that you can do in life is to identify your shape, your God-given shape. Everybody say shape. Your God-given shape. S stands for spiritual gifts. H stands for heart. Every one of you have a spiritual shape. You have spiritual gifts. You have a certain way that you have your heartbeat or your passions. You have abilities that God's given you, special abilities. You have a personality that's unique to you. And also we all have experiences. We have painful experiences. We have work experiences. We have church experiences. But when you put that all together, that defines our spiritual shape. Anyone who attends Church on the Rock for any length of time without hearing about the need to have a ministry in your life, you've missed one of the core values of our church because we believe that everybody has a part. We exist at Church on the Rock. We exist to raise up ministers. Everybody say, I'm a minister from within our church body. If we just simply raise up people that sit and soak in the messages without serving, we believe that faith will stagnate and the spiritual life of this whole body will suffer. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to do something. We're to do something with our faith. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says this. You can look at it on the screen. In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied with action, man, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me, my, show me your faith without deeds, and I'm going to show you my faith, everybody say, by what I do. By what I do. One of the primary reasons we exist is for us to discover God's purpose, fulfill it, become involved in ministry and his plan and his mission at this church and outside of this church. So I believe the next three weeks, we're going to help define that. You know, the backbone of the teaching on the following truth, your ministry will be determined by your shape. The backbone of that is this. God is consistent. 
God's consistentness plan with each of our lives. He wouldn't have given us inborn talents and certain temperaments and spiritual gifts and all sorts of life experiences. Some you might say good, some you might say bad, and then not want you to use them. God wants you to use them. Imagine a baseball player dressed in a uniform. Think about it. He's got his glove. He's got his cleats. He's got a beautiful swing. He's able to bat from both sides of the plate. Man, he's incredible. He has incredible speed. He can run the base as well. Just that natural athlete, that natural talent. And then you see that person sitting their lives, sitting in the stands instead of playing in the game. How many would say that's a total waste? It's a total waste. Well, it's the same deal with Christians. We've all been given a spiritual shape. We've all been given a spiritual purpose. We've all been given a personal mission statement, a ministry. And when we don't fulfill that God-given ministry, everybody suffers. You suffer and everybody else suffers. So we're going to be talking about shape the next three weeks. I want to define shape. S, S is spiritual gifts. And what that is is how has God gifted you? What are the gifts that I have? H is heart. And what that is, what am I passionate about? It's like monitoring your heartbeat. And it helps you to clarify what you really love to do. Because if you don't love to do it, how many know you're not going to do it? Okay? And then ability is what natural abilities do you have? How can you apply your abilities that will help you appreciate your natural talents, maybe the vocational skills that you have? And then personality, where's my personality come from? Where can my personality best suit me to serve? It's plugging in somewhere with your personal, per, personal personality. It'll help you see how God has given you that temperament. And then you see experiences. What experiences have I had? And that's where you're examining your experiences. And it'll help you review the history and discover how God has prepared you for a unique ministry. Everybody think about that. For a unique ministry that only you can f fulfill. And some of you, I always say God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes an affliction. And some of the most painful things in life is what God's going to use you to do. So everybody, there's a spiritual shape that we all have. And I've kind of defined it. And I want to even let you see how the Apostle Paul, like you're saying, well, is this scriptural? Why do I want to do that? Why do you need to worry about my shape? Who really cares? Spiritual shape, you even see it clearly with the Apostle Paul. You know, the Bible says on Paul's spiritual gifts, it says in 2 Timothy 1.1, Paul said, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. I'm going to show you a little bit later, preacher, apostle, and teacher, those are all spiritual gifts. Paul's heart, can you see Paul's heart, his enthusiasm, what he's ambitious about in the Bible? The, the, the Bible says this, my constant ambition has been to preach the gospel. So he was ambitious to preach the gospel. And then he said this, where the name of Christ has previously been unknown. In other words, he wanted to go to people groups who had never known. And to avoid building on the foundation of another Paul even said this when you talk about passion and you talk about heart. He said this. He said, life is not worth living unless I use it. Think of the passion. Life isn't worth living. Life isn't worth living. Life isn't worth living unless I'm doing the work that you assigned me to do. That's Acts 2, 20, 24. And then even on his abilities, on things that he could do, not special gifts of the Spirit, but just his ability, natural abilities. Paul, the Bible says Paul went to them and he stayed and he worked with them because he earned his living by making tents. How many knew that Paul was a tent maker? Here's another thing that Paul was real good about. He debated at the synagogue. So he had an ability to make tents and he had an ability to debate. Every Sabbath he did, he did that. He had an ability to convince people to come to Christ. And then you look at Paul's personality. Where, what's his personality? Where he, how did he plug in his personality? We each have a specific personality. 
He says, for you have heard my past in Galatians 1, verse 13. It says, you have heard my past, how I persecuted the church with fanatical zeal. This guy was zealous. He persecuted the church. I'm talking about Jesus before he got converted. He did the best that he could to destroy, to destroy the church. He, man, he went after it. You saw a personality. He got it. He went after it. He wasn't, ah, if somebody wants to persecute the church. Let the... He persecuted the church. He, he had a, a great zeal about that. He wanted to destroy it. And the Bible says he had, listen to this, he had a boundless enthusiasm. Okay? What about Paul's experiences? What are some of his experiences that he could draw from in his ministry? Well, I'll tell you one that really rocked his world is before he came to Christ, he gave the command to have God's disciple, Jesus' disciple, Stephen, he said, stone that man until death. Paul was standing there. The Paul that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, before he found Christ, he was standing there when they stone, took stones up and beat a man with stones till he laid on the ground and died. And then they took his uh, cloak, the Bible says his cloak, and they gave it to Paul. Man, you know I don't even talk about something you have to. Anybody have something in your past that you really feel bad about? And then even after you get born again, it like is in your head all the time. Thank God for, for uh, Hebrews where it says that he not only forgives us of our sin, he purges our conscience. I mean, Paul had to have his, pur his conscience purged because he, purged, he had all this, man, I think about it every time. Think about it. how many times, any time you try to do something for the Lord, the devil just throws all this junk in your mind of what you did and who you are and where you've been. Anybody else have that happen? I mean, every time he's tried to do something for the Lord or to move, have some forward movement, think about it. Remember what you did to Stephen? Think about him, and, and then the memories come. Oh, I remember him dying. I remember him crying. I remember the blood. And he's trying to shove all that out of his head and stuff. Guys, we got past that we're trying to shove out of our head, that we're trying to quit remembering, and it's things we regret and wish we wouldn't have done. But Paul turned that. You can take your experiences and you can turn them for good. You can be a person that empathizes and sympathizes with people because you set where they set. So he used that. Here's another experience. He had a con conversion on the Damascus Road. Any of you ever had an encounter with the Lord? I mean, a light shined from heaven and knocked him off his horse, the Bible says, and made him blind. Anybody had an experience with God? So he had an experience with God. Three years he was in Arabia learning things. Hey, my bro, Tim. Three years he's in Arabia learning things. You know what? He, he, didn't ha he didn't go to Bible college. He went to the school of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit revealed things to him that no person even taught him. How many say that's an experience that you can share? Okay? And then he had a special vision from the Lord. And then he also had some painful experiences he said, I've been in prison more times, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 through 27. He says, I've been in prison more times, near death often, been whipped five times with 39 lashes by the Jews and three times by the Romans. Once I was stoned, every time I start whining about the ministry, I think what Paul went through. I've been in three shipwrecks and once spent 24 hours in the water on a log. In my travels, I've been in dangerous floods. I've been robbed. I've had enemies. Wild, uh, wild animals attack me. I've had false friends. I mean, he's been hurt with false friends. I've served long hours without sleep, worked his tail off, or food, or shelter, or even clothing. So we see that Paul had a spiritual sh shape. He had spiritual gifts. He had a heart. He had abilities. He had a personality style. And he had experiences. How many see that clearly? Okay, you're going to see clearly in the next three weeks, what are your spiritual gifts? What is your heart? I'm going to help you find this out. You, you don't want to miss. What are your abilities? What's your personality style? What's your experiences? Some of you, I'm going to give you a get out of jail free card today. Because um, I, I, I can't make you do this stuff. But... 
I'm praying that God puts it on your heart strong that you want to know who you are in Christ and what your life ministry is. Does anybody want that in this church? I want to know that. Well, if you want to know that, I needed you to come to church with this assessment done today. If you didn't have it done, I mean, we talked about it last week. We put it on. The, we put it on. To me, all we can do is do everything we can. We can do everything. We put it on the internet. We, we've, uh, we, we ran them off. We ran them off today. Does everybody have one of these? If you don't, lift your hands up and ushers will get it. Just leave your hand up till they come because you need this for the rest of the sermon today. Okay? But if you didn't do the assessment, the assessment means you just answer all these questions. There's a whole bunch of questions that you answer. I don't know how many. There's like 70 or 80 questions. And just answer them. And if you have somebody you're close to, your wife or friend or something, have, have them do that test for you. Everybody with me? Say amen. Do that, and it teaches you how to grade it. And then, and then there, everybody say 24. Say it again, 24. There's 24 spiritual gifts from this test. And what this assessment does is you just randomly answer these questions, and after you do the addition and stuff, this assessment will say your top five. I'd like you to write down your top five. Your top five spiritual gifts from the assessment were this, 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 and this. We, get, we have some more up front that needed. Ushers, I need you to move quickly, please. Ushers. Amen. Ushers. My God, we're going to get some more ushers this week. Amen. So, so I, I, I've got to emphasize that before we can go on. Come on, ushers. We need you moving. Lift your hands up if you still need sheets today. Amen. Now what we're going to do is while they're handing out these sheets, let me hit one other part. We're going to talk only about spiritual gifts today. What does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? Well, number one, Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Here's the definition of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. So when we're talking about a spiritual gift, I want to answer the who, what, where, why, and when of spiritual gift. Number one, who receives spiritual gifts? Everybody say, I do, Christians. If you're, are you a Christian today? Say, that's me. So everybody, re, everybody receives spiritual gifts. What are the spiritual gifts? Guys, there's four times in Scripture, if, if it's not in, in your... Uh, Anything you can write with, there's pens in front of you. But 1 Corinthians 12 talks about spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about spiritual gifts. 1 Peter chapter 4 talks about spiritual gifts. And Romans chapter 12 talks about spiritual gifts. So when I say there's 24 spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about today, they're in those four places. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. 1 Peter 4 and Romans 12, 7 through 8. So spiritual, what are spiritual gifts? They're gifts to minister with. They're gifts so we can do ministry together. Where do spiritual gifts come from? Spiritual gifts come from Jesus. How many were crucified? Jesus was crucified. He was laid in a grave. He was resurrected. Then he was exalted. He went up to heaven then he was seated at the right hand of God listen to me this is like the steps for Jesus crucified died risen exalted raised up set at the right hand of the father now listen what scripture says the last thing that happened the Bible says because Jesus is exalted he finished his work it says now the Holy Spirit can be poured out Guys, before Jesus finished his work, the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out upon everyone. Are y'all with me today? But Jesus is the giver, and when he was exalted, the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all of us. So tap your neighbor and say, Holy Spirit's for me. Jesus did that. And why spiritual gifts? Why are they so important? Why spiritual gifts? Because it helps the entire church grow. You can jot down 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. 
as faithful stewards, so you even see that there's a stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. There's a stewardship for that spiritual gift. There's a stewardship. Steward of God's grace in its various forms. And then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says the Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us, through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. So if I'm doing, if I'm doing my part and Carmen's not doing her part, or me and Carmen are doing our part, but Brian and Megan aren't doing their part, or if me and Carmen and Brian and Megan are doing our part, and Ken and Darlene aren't doing their part, then it's not being done. I have asked God for three months. Look at me. I've asked God for three months that each person in church on the rock, that you each would serve and you would play that specific part in the body. Until you do, you are suffering and others are suffering because we're a body that's not fully functioning. We're a body. Right now, we have 32% of our church that does something outside of Sunday morning. I don't even want 98%. I don't even want 98%. Because I believe it's biblically, biblically sound that each joint supplies Again, if we just let people sit and soak in the message, you're going to get stagnant, and the church is going to get stagnant, and we're all going to suffer. The purpose of, of this, we're going to find our ministry. We're going to find our ministry because it helps the entire church grow. It helps that. So we're going to go through a list of spiritual gifts. Now, every one of you guys have this. So today... You were handed these sheets. I think it says using your spiritual gifts. Let me see that you've got these like administration and apostles on there. Everybody see that? Grab those sheets. And we even made boxes so that while I'm talking about these, you can check things that you're like, hey, that might be my gift. As we're going through these, that's actually the one we want. Carmen, let me see that page. This is actually the one that you guys have. Yeah, this one right here. The first thing, we're going to talk about gifts that communicate God's word. Everybody with me? We're going to talk about that. And I'm going to go through all these today, all right? And as I'm going through it and defining what that is, if you feel the Holy Spirit, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would confirm your spiritual gifts in people, that they would just feel that nudge. That's me. Anybody want to receive that prayer? So as we're going through here, you're going to start checking some things. That might nudge you. Don't, don't get ahead of me. We're going to go through them together. You're going to check some things that might nudge you. All right? And then if you haven't taken the spiritual assessment test, don't do it for me. Do it for the Lord and do it for yourself. Take 15 minutes and take that and see how that assessment lines up with what you're feeling. Anybody out there say amen. Have we all got our marching orders? Amen. How many want to participate? We got any participators here today? Oh, Devin. Oh, Devin. Have we got any participants here today? All right. So first, we're going to talk about gifts that communicate to both believers and unbelievers, okay? Evangelism. You've got your scriptures there. This is the ability to communicate the good news about G Jesus Christ publicly or privately to unbelievers in a positive, non-threatening way so they can respond and be a disciple of Christ. It's the ability to sense opportunity to share Christ and lead people that they respond to faith. How many of you have a gift like that? Is Marlene Holly in here today? I saw her a while ago. That is an evangelist. That girl wins people to God anywhere she goes. I don't care if they're taking her tooth out. The nurse gets saved. She, she, I mean, she has a gift of evangelism. She's using it. And then the next one is prophecy. Prophecy is the ability to communicate a message of encouragement and edification and comfort from God to a person or persons. You know, somebody gave me an envelope the other day and said, hey, God put this on my heart for you. I, I want you to read it. And it was a thus saith the Lord, Brian. And when I saw that, it, I was like, this is dead on. This was dead on. It ministered to me. It comforted me. 
It edified me. It talked to me about things that God was, that's a gift. Discerning of spirit is the ability to perceive a demonic spirit or what's flesh and spirit or true and false. How many of you feel like you have a discerning spirit? Word of knowledge is this. In other words, these are things you communicate. Word of knowledge in this, it's the ability to know some specific information about someone or something which is not, you didn't know about it. It was not learned by natural means. Do you go out to eat with somebody? When I come in here on church, I told you this before. When the, when the word of, of knowledge is flowing in me, it's like I can see in the hearts. I, I, I know I'm picking on Brian and Megan because you guys in the front. I know what you talk, I know if you got in a fight on the way to church, hypothetically. I, 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 I would know that Cornelius and Denise are maybe stressed out about their kids. That's word of knowledge. Or, or, or God like shows me things, but here's the deal. If you have word of knowledge, he doesn't show you. Everybody say, he doesn't show me so I can judge. He doesn't show me so I can judge. He shows me so I can deliver. Everybody yell out, deliver. Deliver, deliver. God told me one time, I'll show you. I'll let you read people's mail. I'll let you know things. If you will not judge them, but you'll let me deliver through you. Amen? So some of you have that. Some of you, how many, how many of you, you go through McDonald's and you order a Happy Meal? And you're like, God tells you something about the person that's giving you the Happy Meal. Anybody out there? Anybody ever had that happen? Lift up your hands. I've had that happen. Or you just know, you just know something's not right with Tim and Linda. And you don't know what it is, but you know something's just not right. And you start praying for him, and then that prophecy may come, and you edify him and exhort him. Okay, so word of knowledge. Apostle. Apostle's the ability to start new ministry and churches. Apostles make strategy. They create teams. They equip teams. They release new things. Some of you are entrepreneurs. I had a great friend. I can't talk about that right now. But some of you have, 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 are entrepreneurs of something new, apostle. So those are gifts that communicate. Let's look at gifts that educate. Everybody say educate. Okay, when we're going through here, you might want to mark some of these. Gifts that educate are teaching. Teaching. The ability to educate God's people by clearly explaining and applying the Bible in a way that causes them to want to learn. It's the ability to equip and train other believers for ministry. How many are turned towards that market? Encouragement. The ability to motivate. How many of you are motivators? Man, I, God has given me a gift. I can motivate people. I can motivate people. I use it in the world, but I want to use that for the Lord. I can motivate people where they can start acting out on biblical principles, especially when they're discouraged or wavering their faith. I can motivate them. Man, I can, God's given me a gift that I can bring out the best in others and challenge people. Challenge people to get to their full potential in their life and with Christ. How many of you have encouragement? Check it. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom usually follows word of knowledge. Word of knowledge when you get something that there's no natural way. Nobody told you. Holy Spirit told you. It's reading somebody's mail about a situation or them. Word of wisdom usually comes with it. That's the ability to apply wisdom to the knowledge you just received. Man, I just heard this or I just feel this about this situation. I know God. Come on. I know God's telling me something about this situation. I know God's telling me something about these people. Now you're like, Lord, show me what to say. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. There is a spirit of wisdom. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Guys, it's not a natural ability. We're not talking about natural abilities this week. We're talking about spiritual, everybody say gifts. Gifts means it's something you don't have. It was given to me. Gift was given to me. So don't, walk, don't, don't get confused with spiritual gifts with natural abilities. A spiritual gift is something outside of you. It's something that you can only use by, it's a grace that the Lord gives you. 
the ability to do something you can't do. It's when the Holy Spirit comes and says, I want to give you this gift of word of knowledge or word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the giver of the gift, and he activates the gift. And the way you work in the gift, everybody say faith. As you act on it, you step out on it, you step out on it. Anybody out there say amen. Come on, give me a healthy amen today. Amen. Now let's get into gifts that demonstrate, gifts that demonstrate God's love. Some of you have gifts to demonstrate God's love. Helps. This is the ability to recognize unmeet needs in the church family and to take initiative to provide practical assistance quickly, cheerfully, and without need of recognition or recompense. You don't have to come back. How many of you walk in and you just can tell somebody needs something? Somebody needs a gas card. Anybody ever walked in church and said, man, somebody needs a gas card? Or, or you're just always looking to help. You're always looking to help. You're, you're two hands and you're willing. And I'll do anything. I just want to help. Amen? Do you have the gift? That's a gift. Gifts of help. I still believe this. Once we figure out what our gifts are, our heads need to be on a spindle. When we're at church, you don't come to church to just come in and say, hey, what can God give me today? When you come in church, let your head be on a spindle. Try to look for the sad person, you encouragers. Try to look for the, try to look for the person that's sitting alone, you people that care, the care people. You people that have some extra finance, try to let I challenge you every week to come to church and say, Lord, come to church, stick uh, five gas cards in your pocket and, fi- and five Walmart cards for 100 bucks in your pocket. I challenge you to do that if you have helps or giving in a little bit. Do that every week. You'll start seeing God just tell you to do stuff. There's stuff that needs done all the time. And what happens is church people come and they look at the front And I want us to quit looking at the front. I want us to start looking at each other because we are a body. Each joint supplies. Each joint. Mercy. Mercy is the ability to manifest practical, compassionate, cheerful love towards suffering members of the body of Christ. I'll tell you what. Whenever I'm hurting or suffering... There's a, I don't know if she's in here or not, but there's this lady named Karen Rudance I always go to. Because I don't need a guy to try to fix it sometimes. Guys, we always want to fix it and and all that. Sometimes I just need some, I just need sympathy, somebody with mercy, somebody to hold my hand even when I'm wrong and say, we love you. Everything. Mercy. Hospitality, the ability to make others, especially strangers, Feel warmly welcome. How many of you like, man, I love it. I I love to make people feel welcome. I'm an includer, man. I want people to feel accepted. This this one's one of mine for sure. I I want people to feel comfortable in my home. I I, I want people to feel comfortable when you come to my home. I want people to feel comfortable when they come to God's home. Amen? Any any hospitality people out there, it's important to you that people are comfortable in your home God says bring that gift to this church and make people comfortable in his home amen pastoring pastoring's the ability to care for spiritual needs of a group of believers you go you guys that want to lead small groups you guys that want to host small groups it, this is probably going to come up in one of your gifts it's the ability to care for spiritual needs of a group of believers and to equip them It's the ability to nurture a small group in their spiritual growth. I love this part. And and assume responsibility for their welfare. Anybody out there say amen? Man, you got it. Don't think that pastor is just pastor. There's lots of pastors in this church. How how many? There's lots of you that you care about the spiritual welfare of people. And you, you even feel responsible. Look at giving. Giving is this. This is the ability to generously contribute material resources and or money. It's time. It's talent. It's treasure. 
It's the ability to earn and manage your money so it may be given to support God's work in the earth. Did you know some of you have the gift of giving? This has only happened like three or four times, and it happened again either this week or the end of last week. But this is twice this has happened. If you're a business owner, if you are a business owner, perk your ears. If you're somebody that God has blessed with an abundance of finance or prosperity, perk your ears. God, God gave you wealth so you could partner with him to be a blessing to the nations. Anybody out there say amen. And, but anyway, this happened to me again the other day. I, I, I heard the Spirit say, tell givers, tell people that have the gift of give, tell them to put their hands out. And, and I believe this is prophetic. It, it, you may want to do it in your seat. If you know one of your gifts is to give, put your hands out. Put your hands out. Tell people the gift to give. He told me this like this in the past week. He said, put the hands out. And then I saw a vision of seed being just poured in the hands to where it was overflowing off the hands. And then the person with their hands out threw it. And then I cried out, Lord, people with the gift to give, the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. Are you all out there? You guys that have the gift to give, I challenge you to put your hands out. Because God will put seeds in your hand. And as you cast it out and sow it into the ground, then I always pray out, Lord, give them a hundredfold return. Some of you are called not to be at the door. Some of you have the gift of giving. Giving. Let's look at gifts that celebrate God's presence. Okay, we've got intercession, the ability to pray for the need of others. We've got healing, the ability to pray the prayer of faith that people receive a supernatural endowment of health. Miracles, the ability to pray in faith and receive God's supernatural. Tongues, the ability to share a message from God in an unknown language to the person whom the message is coming. Interpret is when you in, can understand and interpret that. I could preach on all these forever. Look at this, gifts that support all the purposes. We've got leadership. This is in big time in Romans 12. Here you see the leadership. Some of you have a leadership gift. You're using it in the world, but are you using it in God's world? That always bothers me a little bit. To me, if you use your gifts only for yourself, you're self-serving. God didn't give you gifts just to use in the world. He gave you gifts so you could be a part of the body and his word could go forth and people could get saved. Amen. I believe that. Leadership, the ability to clarify and communicate a purpose and a, a direction. You're a visionary, a ministry in a way that you can attract other people. You have the ability to motivate others by an example of the work, working together to accomplish a goal. Administration, the ability to recognize gifts of others, recruit in the ministry, organize, manage people, resource time. Some of you have the gift of administration. Faith, that's the ability to have supernatural impartation of belief and confidence in a God-given situation, it's the ability to trust God for what you can't see. Some of you have the gift of faith. We needed the gift of faith to plant this church. We had to trust God for what we can't see. Anybody out there, say amen. amen. All right, these are the gifts, spiritual gifts of the Spirit. Now what I'm going to do is notice on your sheet... Notice on your sheet, yeah, let's go to this page. Notice it, yeah, notice on your sheet, everybody go to this sheet that says worship to celebrate God's presence. Okay, remember I told you I'm breaking up Church on the Rock in five areas. You're going to hear of all five areas in the next three weeks, okay? I'm going to end the service by doing this. Today we're going to look at worship to celebrate God's presence. In other words, this is what it takes to make a Sunday morning happen. Good vibe tribe. If you want to join this team and serve. Good vibe. If you're a person that's busy. If you're a person that says, man, I don't have, I don't have any time through the week. I, I'm super busy. If you're a person that it's difficult even just to get to church. Don't not serve with that reason. Don't, don't not do anything for the Lord because you're so busy in other areas. Do something you can do. Good Vibe Tribe is for the busy person. If you're busy, be in the parking lot. 
Be in the park. I, I look at families. Ray Zinkel and Trish. Trish is serving in the children. Ray's serving in the children. Ray and Trish have been with us for like 15, 17 years. Ray started the parking lot. Ray took his kids with him. Ray never went to the parking lot without one of his kids with him. Parents, even on serving, don't serve by yourself. Grab your kids. How many think it's time we teach kids to do things too? Do things with your kids. So when you're looking at things, think about I'm involved in my teenager. I'm involved in my elementary kid. Ray used to always take Sam in parking lot. Now we've got Eric and Roger and Gary in the parking lot. They always all tease me. How old Sam do you think? 11 years old? Huh? He's 11. They say, they say he's the boss. They, they say he's the boss. He taught me how to do parking lot. Okay? Parking lot's something you can do. Is that right, Eric? Wherever Eric is. Amen. Front door greeter. Clean team. You know something that drives me nuts is when the washrooms aren't clean. Drives me nuts. I, I've, I've prayed for years that somebody just have a heart to keep the restrooms clean. Like those fancy restaurants you go into and they always wiping off the counters and squirting some lotion on you and then having a tip thing. Man, why can't we have that at church? Maybe God's calling someone to it right now. Connection center, the visitors in Stonehaven. Here's a big one. If you have leadership or entrepreneur or administration, Stonehaven has been shut down because of COVID and the person that used to run it moved. We have a state-of-the-art Stonehaven Cafe. We need a team. I want to open that thing back up. I mean, we, we got the best stuff to make, lattes and all that stuff. I don't even know coffee drinks. But what that's going to take, because listen, none of us have time to babysit or to oversee somebody doing that. We're, we're ordering everything, and we're calling them to see if they're even going to show up on time. This is the way a lot of times church ministry goes. You're going, hey, are you coming today? Hey, did you get the cups and the coffee? Oh, forgot. Um, we, we need a leader in there. We need somebody that has a gift of hospitality. I'm believing God's moving on your heart and you're checking that one. Door usher, first responders. Really, we don't need you to click first responders. We got first responders running out of our ears. Okay? And even safety, we're good to go on that. We have people that carry so that there's a safety. I don't even know who they are, but a couple people carry um, that have a background where they can do that so that if any unfortunate thing happened at Church on the Rock, you know you're safe. Okay? Worship and media arts. You see it up here. Um, we see worship arts. Um, <clears throat> this is facilitating the powerful worship experience. We, we have production. Everybody notice these lights? These lights? Somebody needs to run these lights. Everybody notice the uh, sound? The, the pastor's running the sound every week? I do not run a run sound. I'm running every week. Because with, even with Devin here, it's gotten even harder mixing sound because he's raised the quality of stuff. Running sound isn't easy. You just can't, oh, pastor, go sit down. I'm not going to sit down if it sounds like crud. But we're going to bring people in. Guys, we're going to bring somebody in and train. We need audio people. We need audio people. We need light people. We need what's called stage hands that's keeping up the stage. We need stage and decor people that design the, the, the stage and decor. We need media people. What you're seeing on the, sta on the, on the screen. We need online streaming. Amen. I know I'm going long. Stay with me. Prayer team. This is all stuff that you guys like come to church and you're like, oh, I enjoy church. Do you know what, a help, what it takes to enjoy church? We've shown you all that. Prayer, prayer team is this. Um, there's an email that goes out where you can pray for all the people that's sick. You can get on an email and you're praying through the week. There's a Sunday AM prayer that prays on the third team. And then there's also people that pray for people at the end of service. And that, that goes through me because we just don't want any hand on any head. Amen? Anybody with me today? Okay. Um, and then we got administration. You can read that. Data entry, answering the phones, organizational skills, stuff through the week. Facilities. Here's a big one. Facilities. 
maintenance and repair. Um, like there's an HVAC out back here with just tape over it. And I was like, why is tape over this thing? Um, man, we, got, we have people that if we just let them know that there's an HVAC need, they come and fix it. There's painting, there's inside, there's painting, there's, there's doors that don't work. There's always things breaking. If you're a craftsman or you can fix things, we see the facilities. And then you have ground care. Ground care, uh, it's taking care of the pavilion. Guys, I'll just tell you, even driving to church, it drives me nuts every time I turn down here and I look at Church on the Rock sign when there's weeds in there. It drives me crazy. But I don't have time to go pick the weeds out. All these beds around here, they need somebody to pull the weeds out. They need somebody to plant new stuff. We have a guy named Mr. Grice that mows all the grass. Mr. Grice doesn't need to mow all the grass. And he definitely doesn't need to use a weed whacker. All right, what do you, why are you telling me all this stuff? Here's why I'm telling you all this stuff. Because I know you guys don't want that either. And if I can let the need, to me if people aren't following, when I see people not following, I don't look and say, what's wrong with these people? They don't love the Lord. They won't do a darn thing for the Lord. What's wrong with these? Just so you know, I don't ever do that. To me, when people aren't following, it's a failure in my part that I haven't made clear the need. Because I know you people will do anything if you just knew about it. Is that, have, I, have I judged your heart right? How many say I'd do anything if I just knew about it? So, so And then uh, mowing, weed whacking, that's it. So as you go through those, here's the last thing. This you need to bring every week for the next three weeks, okay? What this is, is after today, you're going to write your name in there. And on spiritual gifts, here you're going to fill out, I would like to know your top three or five. And the way you figure that out is why I was talking about spiritual gifts, not this church stuff at the end. When I was talking about spiritual gifts, which ones jumped out at you that you, how many said you marked some as I was reading through there? They jumped out at me. Here's what I would say. Take your assessment this week. See how that assessment lines up with what you were feeling. Anybody with me? Take those two things, put it together. God's been making me watch myself on video and I'm doing something 50 times today. He said, quit doing. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? I'm trying to quit saying that, but you, I don't know if you're with me today. Sometimes I don't know if you're with me, all right? So you got to talk to me. I mean, some of you got your heads back, and some of you leaning over like this, and, and I'm like, oh, is this bad or something? Um, you got to talk to the guy when he's up here preaching, all right? So spiritual gifts, write down the three tops on that, Okay. And then next week, if you want to get ambitious, I'm hoping this stirs you up where I'm not twisting your arm to do things when you get to church, that you're kind of doing it through the week. Here's what we got going. If what I preach today, you're excited about that, um, we even made a supplement teaching. It's the same stuff, it's just a little bit different. And a guy named Chad York is doing it, one of our own teachers here at church. You can go on our church, you can go on your phone app and go Church on the Rock Huntley, hit Spiritual Shape. You can listen to a video where Chad talks about spiritual gifts. And he's got worksheets and stuff. If you want to know more about what I talked about. Here's the other thing you can do. You can go on here and Chad is actually going to come to Church on the Rock on Tuesdays. From 6.30 to 8.30, starting this week. If you want to know more about spiritual gifts and more about the shape and the assessments and you want to get around some people and talk about what you heard today, come Tuesday night. So we've got in person, or if you're watching online, you can do it, um, you can do it virtual. Everybody with me on that? Oh, I did it again. Um, <laughs> Devin, we probably ain't going to have no music today. It's, it's more of a workshop kind of thing. I know it's going to be a workshop kind of style next three weeks, and I'm good with that. The reason I'm good with that is because God's good with that. That's what he told me to do. 
<clears throat> so uh, I'm confident in our direction, all right? So we're, um, we're filling out spiritual gifts. Oh, bring these sheets with you. If you would, bring these things back with you. If you get real ambitious, you can go into the spiritual gifts and go up to heart on assessments. In fact, grab your phones if you want. If you grab your phones, Church on the Rock Huntley, you can download that app on your phone. Then you go in here and hit spiritual shape. You hit spiritual shape. Um, when you get down there to that heading that says shape assessments, that's not the classes, that's assessments for each area. We Spiritual gifts is there. You can either run it off or fill it out virtual. In other words, what's in your hands is right there. If you want to go down to heart, if you want to get ahead of, the, ahead of next week, you can do an online assessment or you can hit assessment and print. I just printed what we're going to do next week, and you can start your assessment this week, and then I'm going to preach on heart next week. Okay? All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you are calling Church on the Rock, that you're calling us out of our homes, you're calling us post-COVID. We've all just been trying to survive in a family and survive walking in this life, but man, people are gathering again. People are gathering again. I pray that your spirit would go out. And you'd cause our church to want to gather again. And Lord, I hear the sound of a mighty army. I hear the sound of dry bones rattling. Lord, that you're drawing back church on the rock. You're drawing us back. And then the second prophecy is livers and hearts and skin and muscles. To me, that's each part, every person doing their part in this body. Lord, I prophesy and I say, Lord, let each person hear a call the next three weeks to where they get in their spot in this body. And then, Lord, as we finish this sermon series in three weeks, I pray that the Holy Spirit will breathe into Church on the Rock and that this church would be a living, breathing, moving organism, an alive body. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.